At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Nuts. He's Amal Shaw, and I'm Mike Palm. It's a Super Tuesday show here. We've got Dan Voike, L.A. Times basketball writer. He's going to join us in about 45 minutes, discuss Clippers Suns tonight, as well as the Eastern Conference Finals. And in about 10, 12 minutes, we're going to play America's Guilty Pleasure, Amal Guesses. Amal's going to guess early games in the Big Ten schedule what the point spreads are going to be. But first of all, I want to start with the ambush at Amelie last night. 8-0. Your defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning wax the New York Islanders. Is this series over? I don't know if it's over, but I really like Tampa's chances here, having to win one out of two games. And you've got, obviously, the Lightning getting off to that fast start. Stamco scores 45 seconds in. I'm telling you right now, I felt like the game was over. It was over. Because in these games, the first goal is so critical. Then once it was 3 nothing, you just didn't feel like on the road the Islanders were going to be able to come back to make the switch uh, from Varlamov to Sam, uh, who was in that uh, Samsonov. Mm. Um, so, you know, to me, it's a situation where he hadn't played in forever, so he gives up another five goals. But Brayton Point, to me, is still the story. Eight goals, uh, in a goal in eight consecutive games. You mentioned how important the first goal is. Yeah. The Lightning have played 16 playoff games. The team that has scored the first goal has won 15 of them. They're 11-0 when stat. they score the first goal and 1-4 when they don't. That is unbelievable. In yeah. term, I mean, that's just absolutely crazy to me how that's uh, worked out so far this way. This team is so tough once they get that lead. Yeah, I'll lay the $2 when I know it's going to hit 15 out of 16 times on first first score wins the game. I want to talk about Tampa Bay. Is this the time right now 
with the Knights tied 2-2. That series is going at least six, maybe seven against the Canadians. It's more of a coin flip than we had thought. You see Marc-Andre Fleury almost needs a game off in every series. Lightning now take control of this. They play so well on the road, they have to go to the New York Islanders. Is this the time to bet the Lightning they're even money now to win the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I think so. I mean, here at Circa, they're plus 130. I mean, that's yeah. about as good of a price as you're going to find. Look, the Vegas Golden Knights are in a dogfight. Everybody assumes they're going to come through, but why? I mean, the reality of it is this thing is as even as it gets. Tampa, to me, has been the more complete team. Remember, no team has added a player in the postseason the caliber of Nikita Kucherov. Didn't play during the regular season, missed all 56 games. Has come in, has been a difference maker. The best player in the postseason, I don't care what goaltender you want to select, but the best player has been Braden Point for Tampa. He's been unbelievable, and he continues to sizzle. This team is going to be tough because their special teams are so good. And from a talent standpoint, Mike, they are without question the best team left in the tournament. Yeah, you make a valid point, though. The series is not over. Barry Trotz has been so successful in the playoffs. Yeah. You know this team is good at home. Let's take some sound from the presser last night, the Lightning, after the game. No one expected an 8 nothing game. Let's, let's be honest there. But, you know, you earn everything you get, and now we're going to get a, an extremely desperate team. And, and that, you know, they're a proud group over there. You know, we know their ring's going to be rocking. Nassau Coliseum will be electric for game number six, but Tampa's so good on the road, they don't yield many goals. Uh, they did give up three in game number four uh, at New York. But speaking of this, Tampa scored three in the first period last night. Yeah. That's the first time the Islanders have given up three goals in the first period of the entire season. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, they're so good defensively. It was just an aberration. Look, it was tough. The early goal, 45 seconds in by Stamkos, put a lot of pressure on the Islanders. And, you know, anytime you're in a situation, you're facing a goaltender like Vasilevsky, mentally it's very difficult when you realize you haven't even gotten a minute into the game and you're already one nothing behind on the score sheet. The other statistic here that, that's, that's incredible to me, remember two years ago the Lightning get swept by Columbus, a huge upset in the first round. They were a $4 series favorite. Since that point, in the bubble last year and then in this year's playoffs, they haven't lost, after, they haven't lost two in a row in the playoffs at any point. It's the longest streak in NHL history of consecutive wins after a playoff loss. So it, it speaks to the fact of you betting Tampa to win the series because if they do l lose game six, they can continue that streak. Yeah, absolutely right. This team is so tough. I, I think it's going to be a real challenge here. Um, look, if you're in New York, a couple things have to happen in game five. No penalties. You've got to stay away from the uh, giving power play opportunities. And when you're on the power play, you've got to capitalize. And then you've got to get the lead early. You've got to get the crowd into it. If they fall behind, it is going to be an uphill task. Tampa is one of the smartest teams when they have a lead in terms of protecting. So we'll see if that can continue. How do you think mentally Varlamov will be coming back in game six? I think it'll be okay. Look, it's a one game. It's an aberration. Uh, the reality is I thought it was a bit of a quick hook. I mean, to me, the first period pull was surprising. I wasn't encouraged by Samsonov's performance, right? He hasn't, hasn't played in a while. But, but still, to give up five in that spot, and I would agree with you. Quick hook early in game three, unless he wants to get that out of his head get him rested, get him in shape for game six at home, knowing he's got to be sharp early to not give up that first goal, especially in the first period when they do go back to Long Island. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw discussing the ambush at Emily last night. 8 nothing. the defending Stanley Cup champion, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, took care of the New York Islanders to take a 3-2 series lead. You mentioned Braden Point, points its eight straight games. I want to take a look at the current DraftKings odds to win the Conn Smythe because I think there's a lot of betting opportunity here, Amal. We talked about this earlier in the playoffs and with Linda Cohn. The goaltenders are the presumptive choice unless somebody does something special from a specially positioned player point. I think Andre Vasilevsky, who has shutouts in all three series and has played so well on the road at plus $4, is an extreme value here. 
Yeah, first of all, I'd like to know this Alex Petrangelo plus 275. Did Alex Petrangelo come down here and make this bet himself? There's no chance in hell Alex Petrangelo's winning the consequence. He Listen, when the when the media votes, he's not even on the ballot. I, I mean, Alex Petrangelo, really? Come on. Kucherov at 3-1, to one, Braden Point 350. Kucherov should, I know he's had a ton of points in the postseason, but Braden Point has been instrumental. Points goals have been the difference makers in games for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's the key. To me, it's going to be Vasilevsky or Point, and if it's going to be the uh, Lightning, excuse me, if it's going to be the Knights and if it's going to be Montreal, the goaltenders are the difference. That's where I think you look. Those those are the four people you look at, in my opinion. To your point, I think you could make a stronger argument for Pacioretty or Tuck. Uh, if you were going to pick someone from the Golden Knights other than Stone or... You can make an Andrew argument Flurry. for the entire team. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. Why? Because he played well in the first couple of games of the series? I mean, well, we don't want to include Ryan Reeves on here just in case? <laughs> Let's take a look at now tonight's game here at T-Mobile in Las Vegas. 2-2, the series is tied. Strange in Montreal. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, is Derek England on there? I, mean, you know. <laughs> I heard him give her an interview on the radio this morning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in front office now. 2-2, um, two, two. the two games in Montreal, Friday, Sunday... Knights dominated the game Friday night. Marc-Andre Fleury turns the puck over with yeah. just under two minutes to go. Montreal ties it on, the, on a gimme and then wins in overtime. Game four Sunday, totally different. Montreal dominated that game. Grade A scoring chances, 18 for the Canadians, only one for the Knights. They get lucky, a third period softish goal against Carey Price, yeah. and then they took care of business as they had to in overtime. They come back to Las Vegas with all the momentum here. Uh, your line tonight, 245, get back 205 on the Canadians. And a tough total, again, a flat five. Yeah, the number of 245 is pretty high, but I think VGK wins this game. They have momentum in their favor. With that being said, though, again, Montreal's been tough. I think this is a team that's been underestimated throughout the course of the season. We saw it in game number two. Everyone was talking about with the Knights 4-1 win in game number one. Oh, they're going to uh, roll in this series. It's going to be over, no problem. Well, the reality was Montreal came out, played well, jumped out to a 3 nothing lead, and then hung on for dear life. I think this is a game where they know they win this game. They've got a great, great chance to close it out in Montreal. So it's, it's going to be tough. No way I want to lay 245 with the Knights here. Um, at 206, not a bad price on Montreal. How about the puck line with, with VGK at plus 123? I, you mean the first game was a, a puck line winner, right? I mean, every other, game, one. Every mm-hmm. other game's been one goal. 3-2 and then two overtime games. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it's a... I mean, actually, a better play would probably be taking the Canadians plus a goal and a half, minus 148. Because would you be surprised at all if in the late third period, looking up with three minutes to go, it's 1-1 or 2-2? I would not. Yeah. I would not, although I'd be surprised at 2-2 because I just don't think there's that many goals in this series. You know, in talking to people here in town the last few days, I keep getting asked this question uh, since yesterday, actually. Who do you think that VGK will play in tonight? Will they stay with Leonard? And I, I sort of laugh at the question. I don't think it's close. I think you're back to Flurry. That game was to give him a break. Flurry's your guy. I, I think it gave Vegas a huge advantage over Montreal because Carey Price has played every game. Every game. Every right? minute of every game. The fortunate thing for Montreal is the fact that they played seven in the first round, four in the second, so that puts them at 11 games played, and now you're at 15. VGK played, what, 13 in the first round? Uh, first two rounds, and then, of course, now it's 17. So in terms of number of games, uh, fairly similar for both goaltenders, but I think it's an edge that uh, Fleury got to rest. We saw how well he performed in game number two against the Colorado Avalanche, even though they came up a little bit short. Yes. Um, I want to talk about the series price here. Uh, we saw it open at $5. Now, mm-hmm. You bet it at plus $4 with Montreal. Yeah. It moved to 1000 and then you could get back six or six fifty. You bet it again. Uh, in game number two. So you're sitting on two tickets with Montreal, um, plus 400 and plus $6, I believe. Right now, the series price is just about $3 in favor of the Knights. Get back 
around 240 with the Canadians. Any interest here from your perspective as a hedge or if you're well, a better that does, doesn't have a future ticket already on this series, if there's value in 305 at the Knights or if you still think Montreal can win at 235 coming back with the Canadians? Well, I already hedged. After game three? After game two. When it was 1-1 and the Knights were at 380, mm-hmm. I, because I was like, already one of them's going to be profitable. So I just hedged off one of them for sure. And so I said, okay, this is a profit. And uh, to me, I wish I'd waited till after game three. But I still like Montreal's chances. I mean, you know, people are acting like this is Alabama playing some directional school from one of the Mississippi states. I, I mean, I, I don't understand this. This team has been tremendous what they've been able to do. Carey Price has been outstanding. Mike, that's what makes the NHL so great is if you've got a hot goaltender, a one and an eight seed in Montreal, for all intents and purposes, an eight seed, they should, probably wouldn't have made the postseason in any other year. Um, and so this is where you have an opportunity with a team like this. The Knights being such a prohibitive favorite. What I can't distinguish is, are they this much of a favorite because they're genuinely this much of a favorite, or they're this much of a favorite because every Tom, Dick, and Harry is betting on Vegas here in this town? Well, I think it definitely moves the number. Probably almost 20%. Uh, I, know. You talk I feel about like that. it's more than that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think a team tied a two apiece against a goaltender outside of the first game who has given, and they were off a week then, has given up two goals or less, is justified in being a $3 favorite with two games rem- to win two out of three? No, probably closer to $2. Uh, That's my point. Yeah. It, it's, uh, and Montreal has shown the ability to win, obviously, at T-Mobile. They won game number two. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I said it's still more of a coin flip than people think. I'm with you. Yeah. I, the market has to be what the market is. But if I'm making the number here, I'd probably make the Knights around 160, 165 to win this series. Just because I think Montreal's that good. I, I think that's a fair <laughs> price. If you yeah. said $2, I, I don't yeah. think that's an unreasonable price, especially the home ice advantage. They're a more talented team. They're a better team. But when you get into this situation, and give the Canadians a lot of credit. They have played extremely well in terms of just what they needed to do. They've played to their strengths, and that's been a key. Let's, uh, unlike last night, uh, we do have an NBA game tonight, so thank you. thanks for that, uh, uh, Commissioner Silver. Uh, we're going back he, to... He, he didn't want to check with yeah. the players first and yeah. decide what we'll, time we'll was make convenient sure, to them? We'll make sure we get game two of the Western Finals in before game one of the Eastern. Uh, <laughs> going back to Phoenix tonight, uh, Clippers, Suns. Uh, uh, we've seen this line kind of vacillate back and forth between four and a half and five with the home team being favored. Currently at five at DraftKings. Money line of $2, a total of two twenty-three and a half. I'm interested to ask Dan Wojcicki about Kawhi's possibility of maybe coming back for Game 3 in this series. Originally was when it was reported we thought he was done for the remainder of the playoffs. So what you're telling me is all these people on Twitter, Sham Sharani and uh, Woj, they all want to get the information out so quickly they don't actually have accurate information. <laughs> is this, this is why Kawhi's coming back when I was told there's a potential torn ACL? So, look, look he, how effective can a guy be when an injury is determined to be potentially season-ending, and now all of a sudden he's going to come back? And by the way, you know, uh, who, who mentioned Willis Reed? Who do, who do we have on the other day said Willis Reed? And, and I'm like, Willis Reed didn't play a ton of minutes in Game 7. Very few. Very few <laughs> minutes. That's a misnomer. I didn't want to correct them because then you guys would all kill me after the show. But I want to be like, come on, I, he didn't play a ton of minutes on there. It, you know, it was like the old Bill Bradley line. Hey, big fella, can you give us a couple of minutes? I don't think Kawhi's going to be that effective. As a matter of fact, we saw it with James Harden. He's a, he's a traffic cone out there. James Harden is already a traffic cone on defense. And with an injury, he's even worse. What is Kawhi going to be able to be in the NBA? These players are too talented. Even the worst players are still tremendous athletes and players. That if you're not 100% in this situation against a solid Phoenix Suns team, how impactful can he really be? I don't know. And in comparing with Harden, I mean, you need Kawhi on the defensive end more than you count on James Harden as well. 
So Absolutely. Uh, to, to the point to the point about his injury here. What you're telling me, Amal, is you really like the Phoenix Suns to make the finals. Not only do I like the finals, I like them at minus two dollars in this game. I think this is a great price. This is a team that had an opportunity in the Clippers, I thought, in game one to steal a game. Now look, they'll come out and be competitive. But the one thing I noticed late in the game, the Clippers don't make a lot of sound decisions. They're they're down four. They're hoisting up three point shots when they could have gone to the basket. Everybody, you know, Mike, you see this in college basketball all the time. Everybody's so afraid to foul that you could just go in for a layup and get two points, and then you hope somebody misses a free throw or you get a steal somewhere. I thought that was the same of Utah in Game 5 when they were jacking up threes when they didn't need to, down six with three minutes to go in, but the in, analytics that, told in them that too. game. All right, it's time for Amer- <laughs> America's Guilty Pleasure, and by that I mean Amal Guesses. In today's uh, edition of Amal Guesses, we're going to focus on early Big Ten college football games, Amal. Uh, now, this will be challenging for you. We're going to ask you what the point spreads in these games are going to be. And yeah, we teams de- nobody cares about. Now, we've decided to be very generous here. We're going to give you a margin of error of a half point. Wow, you guys are so kind. Yeah, I mean, the, the generosity <laughs> at this place. This place is like the Salvation Army. Let's start out with the opening weekend on Saturday, August 26th. This is like the week before the week. Um, Nebraska and Scott Frost travel to Illinois. Who is the favorite and by how much? Well, I think I said Nebraska initially. Now looking back at this game, uh, I, I actually want to change it, but Jacob will get mad at me if I change the number that they've entered. So I, was, I said Nebraska initially at seven, but I'm going to say Nebraska minus about four. Um, yeah, nine it's, and nine, it's nine and a half. It's, it's, <laughs> they said I was right intentionally to make it, that. It's, it, it was, I was you said when we discussed this pre-show, yeah. seven or eight. Yeah, uh, which was uh, which was which was uh, or, or ten even you said uh, which was uh, a little bit closer. Uh, always trust your first instinct. I know you're right about that. Here's a game we discussed uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about games of the year, and this is played uh, on Saturday, September fourth. A very a key conference matchup Huge. here. A key conference matchup. Penn State goes to Camp Randall to take on Wisconsin. Yeah, I would say Badgers five and a half or six in this one. Three and a half. Wow. Three and a half. We're giving a lot of credit to Penn State here. Your reaction to that number? It's a wrong number. At Camp Randall, this line will go up by the time you get to kickoff. What is Penn State justified in being such a short dog in one of the toughest places in America to play a road game? I said third quarter at Camp Randall this year, jump around is going to be the best jump around in the history of Camp Randall. They didn't play. There was no fans last year. Uh, are you interested? Will this inspire you now to lay the three and a half right now? Yeah, Absolutely. Take, yeah, oh, I mean, I, quick, listen, I don't think you need to lay it right now. You can wait. I don't think too many people yeah. are coming to bet Penn State, Wisconsin. You know, so I, I think you can wait on that one. But, yeah, this is a play I would take on Wisconsin at three and a half. All right, now here's a little tough. I think these are tougher because yeah. it's a non-conference and then a bigger point spread. Um, Western Michigan goes to the big house to take on Michigan. Uh, I would say the Wolverines minus 20. Um, I don't know if they're justified in being that, but the Broncos have been a horrendous team for about 20 decades. <laughs> the, uh, this is a tough number, though. Yeah, 17 and a half. 17 and a yeah. half. Yeah, I mean, you're within the margin of a field goal there when you get up into a, to a bigger number like that. Um, in the interconference matchup here, a Pac-12 uh, Big Ten game, Oregon State travels to West Lafayette to take on Purdue. Yeah, uh, to me, this is between probably four and seven. I would say probably closer to six in favor of the Boilermakers. Very good. Five and a half. Right on the number there. Is Purdue going to be more competitive in the Big Ten this year? I don't think so. You lose your best player, Rondell Moore. It's just that Oregon State, 
with Jamar Jefferson won't be as good. He was one of the most underrated tailbacks in college football last year. He carried the mail for that team, so it'll be a challenge there for those guys. It's interesting that program, although it hasn't had a lot of success, has had some good running backs. Yeah, they really have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Ken Simonton, Jamar uh, Jefferson, you just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was a game that I was off on when I looked at. Indiana, who had a surprisingly good season last year, uh, goes to Kinnick to take on Iowa. Yeah, I would say Hawkeyes probably uh, five, uh, four and a half, five. Very good. Five and a half here. I okay. thought this would be a little lower. I gave Indiana a little bit more credit here. I thought this game would be around a field goal. Uh, we'll see. You know, it's interesting. These Big Ten teams usually get to beat up on the MAC the first few weeks uh, as almost scrimmages, yeah. you know, in these games. And now they get conference matchups right off the jump. All right. The University of Texas San Antonio goes to Champaign to take on Illinois. I'm going to say Roadrunners plus probably about 10 in this one. You were a little heavy here. Seven? Seven and a half here. Okay. Seven and a half. Yeah. New era. You know, that was funny. Seven was, my, seven was my first guess, and I said, ah, it's got to be a little bit higher. I don't think the road is going to be that competitive on the road. Here's another good conference matchup on Saturday, September 4th. Michigan State goes to Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, four to six points. I'm going to say five. Yeah, you're close there. That's, that's, that's a pretty good guess. Six and a half, actually, here. Six and a half. Do you think Northwestern come game time will be favored by a touchdown, or do you think this number comes back a bit? I, I just don't think Northwestern is one of those teams you want to lay seven points with, and they always somehow find a way to be competitive with Sparty. they got a great chance, but I'm going to tell you it might be too big of a number. We'll, we'll see how the, uh, that uh, second year there goes for Michigan State under uh, the former Colorado coach. I can't, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I can yeah, see his face. Five and seven. Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker. Five and you. seven at Colorado earned him a Big Ten spot. Okay, and then the following Saturday, yeah. which is one of the games of the year, Oregon at your Ohio State. I'm going to say Buckeyes 14, 14 and a half. Woo. Swing and a miss. Nine and a half here. That's fine. They can make them. It, it just, I thought this number would be high because Oregon lost a lot to me from an offensive, not, excuse me, an offensive perspective, but uh, they lose some on the offensive line. They'll still be a solid team, but this is going to be a tough one for them going on the road to Ohio State. All right, we've talked uh, about the Big Ten and assessing the race. Obviously, Ohio State is clearly the choice and who are the challengers would be. I want to, Shift your attention now. We had a couple of Pac-12 teams here in this. Take a look at and analyze for us the race in the Pac-12 this year. I think Oregon's going to be a key contender. USC is in a great position to have a ton of success. Uh, we'll see if they're able to keep an eye on that. By the way, it, you know, I'm going to tell you a name that you should make some prop bets on if there's a possibility. Drake London, USC wide receiver. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm, if I'm in a fight, I want Drake London on my side. This guy's as tough as they come, about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, played on the SC basketball team, didn't compete this year because he's focusing in on football. He's a difference maker. I think they're going to be a really challenging team. Uh, Arizona State, keep an eye out for. Uh, Jaden Daniels now in his third year at Arizona State should have an impactful season. Uh, Herm Edwards has that team going in the right direction. Those are the two teams in the Pac-12 that I think you keep an eye on along with Oregon. I think it's going to come down to one of those three teams in terms of who wins the Pac-12. How do you see the Washington, University of Washington program that's been so good in that league? Where do you see them going this year and then project out the next few years? Well, there's a kid out of the state of Washington. I, I forgot where he's from. Uh, JT Tumalau, a big-time recruit, just was at Ohio State. He's going down to Alabama, and he's also considering Washington. If the Huskies were able to land him, it would be a difference-making, uh, it would be a program-changing land for Jimmy Lake. He's a great recruiter. We're going to see how he does on game days. That's going to be the question mark. But this program will do better than I think they have because the problem was they were stuck with Jake Browning for so long for those three years. That's why the program got stuck in neutral. We'll see if they can get going in the right direction. UW should be, to me, a top 10 program every year. Actually stuck in reverse. Yeah.
In the next segment, Amal and I will take a look at the Major League Baseball slate, including a matchup of two of Amal's favorite pitchers, Max Scherzer and Zach Wheeler. That's next on The Nuts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Amal, let's go to the Diamond tonight. Some good pitching matchups. I want to start this game 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern in Philadelphia. Max Scherzer and the Nationals are going to take on Zach Wheeler and the Phillies. Now, you more play situations in baseball than you do pitchers. I kind of ride pitchers. Um, but if we looked back at who you've bet this year in Major League Baseball, Scherzer and Wheeler have been amongst two of the most common. Yeah, absolutely. I think these guys are terrific. I actually think Wheeler has been a guy that's completely underrated. I don't think people realize how good of a pitcher he was. I did not think when the Phillies signed him it was a bad deal. People were like, oh, Zach Wheeler getting mm-hmm. this kind of money. I'm like, if you watch him when he's on, I'm not saying he's Jacob deGrom, but he's right up there with the upper echelon pitchers in terms of being dominant. We look at the number tonight, $1.30 on the Phillies at home. Get back plus 10 with Max Scherzer, a total of 6.5 shaded to the under him all. Yeah, I, I would lean towards the Phillies here just simply because Washington's offense is inconsistent. Phil's at home. I love the way Wheeler is pitched. Can't take this under six and a half. First five is two and a half? That's correct. 
No, no, no. You got. You just have to play it on principle over, right? I mean, two play one thirty-five and go over. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if it's zero-zero after that. But it, you can't play this number under either. You take it over, or you don't touch it. All right, let's move on. A uh, couple of good pitching performances in New York City yesterday at City Field. Obviously, Degrom was great again. Went five innings, no earned runs. His ERA down to a half a run. For every nine innings he pitches, he gives up a half a run. Just ludicrous. Now tonight, it's Charlie Morton for the Braves taking on Marcus Stroman. Morton six and three with an ERA of four. Stroman six and five with an ERA of about two three five. We see the the Mets here in this game uh, with the Braves. It's just about a pick 'em here with a total of seven and a half of them all. Uh, interested in Morton on the road or the Mets at home here? I'm not interested in this game either way. Uh, Morton hasn't been consistent enough for me in terms of what he's able to do. His whip concerns me a little bit around one point two. Uh, also, you look at Stroman, he has pitched well, but I don't necessarily believe he's as good as his numbers indicate with a 2.35 ERA. So I'm going to stay away from this one. Obviously, the Braves are the better offense. Mets uh, have offensive issues continuously. That's an area I have a concern. And by the way, if you saw the game yesterday with DeGrom pitching, they've got defensive problems as well in terms of fielding the baseball. Is DeGrom on a 70 pitch count? I mean, if you bet him in these games, you have to be upset he's always coming out in the fifth or sixth inning. And, of course, the Mets give up runs as soon as, I mean, this yeah, is the yeah. guy that should have been throwing a no-hitter. The misplay the ball in the outfield, DeGrom works around it. Uh, it this is going to be an issue to me with the Mets going They're forward. lucky they brought Nuke come in and they got the, the triple that, or double that cleared the bases because, of course, Lugo comes in and gives up the home run to Albius. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's going to have to get better everywhere else from their pitching outside of J- uh, Jacob DeGrom. Think about if you had that, uh, if you had that under... Um, yesterday, and then it's one nothing, and all of a sudden it's 4-2. to two. All right, let's move on. Red Sox and Rays tonight in Tampa Bay. This is a key matchup in the AL East. You get Rodriguez, who's 5-4, and four, but with an ERA over 6 against Kittredge, who's been good in short outings, 5-1, and one, ERA 1.34, and a whip of .83. Just a small home favorite for Tampa Bay here. Yeah, I'm not going to answer this question on this game because I've got this one coming up in the next segment. I've got to play on this game. I'll just say this. The Tampa Bay Rays are reeling, Mike. They have lost a, a just a plethora. What is it, six in a row now? Oh, no, man. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> I think I know where you're uh, going. Rays minus 165 in this one. Rodriguez on the road here. We'll see Boston uh, back in first place. Back in first place. Big game down the coast in California. Dodgers, Padres becoming a rivalry now in the NL West. They jumped all over the Padres, did Julio Urias last night with a four spot in the first. Our boy UU Darvish coasted to a win, 6-2 Padres. Interesting matchup tonight between two left-handers. Clayton Kershaw goes for the Dodgers. He's got 14 decisions already. Here's a guy who you know, has had health issues and stamina issues. Think about the fact that he's pitched almost 90 innings and has 14 decisions, ERA 3-3-6. Blake Snell's been just absolutely god-awful on the road. Hasn't been great at home, but better at home than on the road. Two and three in the area of five seven two. That's one of the good deals the Rays made getting rid of him. You see this game close to a pick'em as well, with a total of seven and a half tonight in San Diego. Yeah, to me, this is uh, not a game I'm going to get involved in. I would look towards the Dodgers for not going to play it. I'm mad at myself for not including two plays in the playbook. I did my guys yesterday afternoon, and I love the Cubs. Uh, I didn't get a chance to include it here on the show, but the Cubs game under that game stays under comfortably in this. I thought that was a cheap price on you, Darvish. About as cheap of a price as you're going to get all year long. I didn't understand why Savali, who was ten and two, was a dollar thirty-five dog to the yeah, Cubs. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, those. Uh, no justification. Team total can't under. score. They Cubs. can't score. What is it, nine in a row now, three yeah, runs or less? Yes, absolutely right. And eight of those games, two runs or less. Yeah. Um, when you look at this Dodgers game tonight, any interest in fading Blake Snell at home here just because he's been so bad? Not a bad play. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take the Dodgers, I'm a little bit concerned. 113 now, Kershaw's out I mean, here. look, to me, here's the thing about the Padres. These games just mean more. 
than it uh, it does for the Dodgers because the Dodgers know, hey, listen, we got to get the ring. If not, the season's a failure for the Padres. It's like we got to get through the Dodgers first. Yeah, it, it certainly. And and meanwhile, the Giants sit a couple games ahead of them, uh, of both of them. Yeah. And uh, you're right; it's meaningful for the Padre or for the Padres. They got to stay in the ring and they got to establish themselves as a legitimate contender in this division. They but, can't just keep getting beat up by the Dodgers. But by the way, the crowds at Petco. I mean, you think, you think we're in October. You'd think this was the playoff series. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to go to the Palm Reader playback, Playbook and Amal in. We already know he's got to play on the Tampa Bay Rays. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line. Plus, you can download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers with Jonathan Von Tobel, Long Shots with Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Newmans, Gone Racing with Jeff Motley and Brendan Gone, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, featuring our own Ron Flatter. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Well, Amal, the world is interested to know how you're going to play this game down at the trop between the Red Sox and the Rays. Yeah, I like the run line here. They've lost six in a row. You know I'm a big fan of teams coming Should've off. Should have taken of... the Diamondbacks on the run line against Brett Anderson last Could, night. Couldn't reverse do it. Run reverse run line. Yeah. I tell you all the time, the, people don't realize, they don't look at the numbers enough, to, and you see, especially teams coming off of losing streaks, Mike. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. There's going to be a situation where teams win by one game and you lose. I mean, one run and you lose. But to me, the Rays on a six-game losing streak, day off yesterday, opportunity to bounce back. Rodriguez hasn't been overly effective. Kittredge has pitched well when he's been in there. I think this is a good opportunity for a Rays offense that struggles at times, but I think they get on track here. I like them minus a run and a half in this one. And then yesterday, uh, really just a – the final score was not indicative of a tough beat, but a terrible giveaway goal by Russia against Denmark, uh, leading to a 2-0, and then the game opened up, and the next thing you know, it's 4-1. Denmark wins that game. So we, uh, you and I both took that one. Really, that was a bad uh, loss for us there. England versus the Czech Republic, under 2.5 here. The reason why I like this game under is, first of all, England going to be without Mount. Uh, also, you look at this team right now. A draw gets both of them through. They both have four points. Yeah. Croatia uh, and Scotland both have one. These will be the final games today, both at noon Pacific in this group. Yeah, absolutely. And if the Czech Republic draws here, they win the group, they would stay in London. But if England wins, they get to play in London in the round of 16. So theoretically, they could play the round of 16. And then the semis in the finals at Wembley. So it would be a huge edge, edge for the English. We'll see what they're able to do. Uh, to your point on the Rays, Rodriguez, ERA. I mean, over six here. He's given up a ton of runs this year for the Red Sox. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity here for the Rays, uh, minus a run and a half. When we see that, I just look right now, plus 160 is already down to plus 155. All right, let's go to the Palm Reader's playbook. Uh, I am also going to uh, going to play, but I'm going to play the other game in the group, Croatia and Scotland uh, here. Now, to a most point, th- these teams need a win, right? They need a win, and they hope that there's a decision in the England game, and then goal differential would come down into it to here. But I don't know how Scotland scores today. You know, Croatia was a runner-up in the World Cup. Scotland now missing because of COVID, uh, two of their players. I, I, 
I, I just feel that this game is a nil side for Scotland here. And this game either goes Croatia one nothing uh, or nil nil. I, I really feel that strongly. And the one ten price, I thought it was it was a good value. You know, I didn't put it in the book, uh, but I like. Croatia on the three-way line, mm-hmm. plus I think it's 130 or 140, depending on where you get the number. I think they're going to win this game. They're a better team. Um, I, I think Modric and company will have at least get on the score sheet. I'm not sure the Scots get on the score sheet. Uh, and then I'm going to take uh, the White Sox and Giolito on the run line here. They're the road team uh, against Pittsburgh. The Pirates just not scoring runs at all. Uh, this White Sox lineup should be able to put some, put some crooked numbers on the boards tonight. First period under in the Canadians and Golden Knights game. Um, What's the, what's the price? 140 That's actually not that bad, and I, I tend to agree with you. You know, I went back through, and I, and, and I was critical of your first period plays, but I went back through and looked statistically. These are much better plays than playing the second and third periods in potential one-and-a-half unders or even two-and-a-halves. The first period, there, there are far fewer goals than we see in the latter stages of the game. Well, there were none in Montreal in those two games, right? And, yeah. I mean, it didn't even look like really close to scoring. No. Those, the, the scoring opportunities were few and far between. You know, you know, Patrick Sharp made a great comment the other night when the game was going into overtime against uh, Montreal. He said, uh, the first five, ten minutes, there's going to be some opportunities. I think if somebody scores, the game obviously would end. But if not, he goes, I think it'll be a little bit more defensive, and I think people become more concerned. And I think that's the same thing in these games but I think it's from the jump. Nobody wants to make a mistake and get beat. You want to score when you have an opportunity to do so, and we've seen Montreal do that in terms of getting out in the breakaways. They missed a great opportunity in game number two, and I still thought the defensive play of the game went to uh, Max Pacioretty when Gallagher was in front of the net from about 10 feet out. I thought he would have had a great opportunity to score and give the Canadians a 2-1 lead. Pacioretty gets in there, lifts the stick of Gallagher, and couldn't get a good look on it. So we'll see. This should be a very competitive game, Mike. And then I'm going to go, I talked about this uh, last week. I love uh, Peralta here, uh, Freddie Peralta. He's a zeros machine putting it up. I know they lost last night to the Diamondbacks. He didn't score enough runs here. I'm going to take him first five in this spot because I think the Brewers will get off to the lead. And it's a cheaper price. You know, normally a first five bet with with the the superior starting pitcher, and he's going against Galen, I believe, tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. you have to lay 15 or 20 cents more. This is a game that was 145, but only 130 through the first five. So that's why I'm playing first five instead of the whole game. Not that I hate the Milwaukee bullpen. I don't. Um, but it's a rare opportunity to get the superior pitcher at a better price first five than for the game. So we'll lay 130 with Peralta there. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad play at all. I actually like this one quite a bit. Uh, this one I think I'm going to follow you on. You get a pitcher of this caliber. Now, Gallon has probably been one of the Diamondbacks' best pitchers. He's been the best, best pitcher. pitcher. Yeah, I was going to say, if not the best, but... I'm not convinced that Arizona's going to be able to come back two days in a row and be effective. This team had three wins in their last 37 games. Think about that for a second. It's really unfathomable. It and really. Uh, they still have the 23-game road losing streak to look forward to when they, when, when they leave uh, Bank One or whatever they call that. Oh, they should there. be home for a little while now. Remember, they've been on the road for a while, but we'll see what they're able to do going forward. You mentioned that they're at, oh, by the way, good news. They're at San Diego on Friday. Oh, yeah. This is, depending on who's pitching if, if Friday. They're going to get so. you Darvish. Or they'll get him Saturday. the weekend. Yeah, they'll definitely get Darvish him on the weekend. Darvish be $4 probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll be like and they'll win eight to one. To be. Yeah. Uh, I want to take, before we close this segment out, um, I'll look at the Euro odds to win it all. Uh, we've talked about how good France is. They're, they're like an all-star team. Italy. Six Eleven clean sheets in a row. Any interest in Italy at six to one? Absolutely, because if they get to the final, let's say they're playing France, they've got a great chance in the sense that they'll take their opportunities on some counterattacks. And if you get to a situation where you got to go to the PKs, you know, then you roll the dice and go from there. If you can get through that thirty minutes of extra time, uh, I, I mean, it would be tough against a French squad like that. Belgium, another dangerous team. I'm not as high on Spain. Um, 
I think the English could be dangerous because the final and the semis are going to be in London at Wembley, so that's an opportunity. Portugal at eleven to one. Let's just hope they get through. I mean, I don't I, think I, they get through. Well, remember, the top two teams in each group and automatically the, qualify, and the, and then four the four third. tours. Yes, exactly. So Portugal looked awful against Germany. I mean, I thought they, that was yeah. one of the sloppiest games I've seen in a long, long time. Absolutely both right. Sides, and you, you know what? I thought Germany looked. Good against France. France was not attacking as much. And Mbappe, he's faster than everybody. I don't understand why he makes his run so quickly. Just wait a second. You're going to be on side. And him and Benzema up front are so dangerous. Uh, the Dutch have looked offensive. Their defense has also been offensive. Because <laughs> they have not played particularly well in the back end. That's the one concern I have with Clockwork Orange. Uh, the Danes, I don't know why they're listed here, but good story at 18-1. to Hopefully, uh, you know, nice bounce back yesterday uh, for Christian Eriksen, who's missing, obviously, for that squad, winning 4-1. Uh, to I don't think Germany is di- uh, disciplined enough defensively to get deep into this tournament. Oh, Philip Lahm, where are you? They need you on the back. Coming up, we're going to speak with Dan Wojcicki, the uh, NBA writer for the LA Times, interested to find out his take, if he knows anything about when Kawhi might return for the Western Conference Finals. That's next on The Nuts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
Parlay, the best sports book going in America, Bet River Sportsbook. You know your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1 800 Gambler. Indiana, 1 809 with it. Colorado, 1 800 Michigan, 1 800 Virginia, 1 888 In Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw, and we're pleased to have Dan Wojcicki. NBA writer for the L.A. Times, award-winning NBA writer for the L.A. Times, joined the program for the very first time. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And thank you for pointing out that I have won an award, I think, twice. So it was very nice. (laughs) Very nice to remember your achievements, not your failures. Dan, let's start out with this series in the West. Game two tonight, Phoenix hosting the Clippers. Originally reported with a Kawhi injury, he was likely to be out the remainder of the season He's out tonight, but may play possibly in Game 3. What are you hearing? What do you know about the Kawhi situation? You know, the Kawhi injury has been a really tricky one. Um, I, I guess because so much speculation is involved, um, just due to the nature of how Kawhi Leonard handles injury, right? Like, this is, he is notorious um, for, for valuing his privacy when it comes to injuries. The Clippers, um, as a way to sort of acquiesce to his wishes, have been incredibly private. Um, you know, sources that would maybe, you know, talk about, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly's knee or Terrence Mann's hamstring um, are much quieter when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. And, and so it's tricky. It's, le- it's led to a lot of speculation. You know, I, um, I can tell you one NBA doctor I spoke to um, was basically, basically said, and he doesn't know, um, he hasn't seen Kawhi's imaging or any of that stuff. He just said that um, ACL injuries that are minor in the NBA are incredibly rare. Um, that in most cases, like if you have a sprained, if you have a sprained ACL, like you're you're out for a, a significant period of time. It, it's not a rest rehab. You'll be back in a week type of thing, and it hasn't been. You know, you know, tonight will be the fourth game that they've played um, without Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers are somehow two and one in those games. Uh, but but yeah, it, it's hard to know. I mean, I think. Um, they haven't ruled anything out yet, which uh, speaks to sort of the, the rest and recovery process that, that he's going through. But, you know, ultimately it'll, it'll be Kawhi's decision because, um, you know, that's sort of what was the issue in San Antonio, right? And, and so, like, the Clippers, and, and, you know, they know Kawhi's going to be free agent. They want to do what Kawhi wants. And, and, and so they'll, uh, they'll defer to him on this. Dan, I got so many questions based on your answer previously here in a second. First of all, <laughs> well, I mean, to me, I thought the Clippers missed an opportunity with no Chris Paul in the lineup in game one. Potentially, I mean, he's yeah. going to be out in game two. I, I thought if you're the Clippers, you're going to win this series without Kawhi Leonard. You've got to steal those games. If Kawhi's even able to play, what could he realistically give them? I, I just don't feel, forget the fact that he's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. But can he be even effective enough where it makes a difference on the floor? Or does his presence give them enough of a lift? Because to me, he doesn't seem like a presence kind of guy where guys go, holy cow, Kawhi's coming out here and gutting it out. It's going to make a difference for us. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I, on one hand, it's hard to imagine him even doing that. Yeah. Just because he, he's been so in tune with, like, kind of where he's at physically. That, um, you know, I mean, like, we've definitely seen diminished versions of Kawhi Leonard over his two years with the Clippers. Um, you know, he was battling stuff in that, in that first year, uh, certainly um, leg issues and stuff kind of, you know, uh, the, the seed of what happened in San Antonio, like that stuff is real and that stuff has lingered. 
Um, and you could see him not really have his explosion at times and stuff like that. Uh, still a great player. Uh, I, I, I don't think you're going to see sort of a, uh, like what Anthony Davis did in game six against the Suns in the first round, right? Where he walks on the court and like the second you see he's like, okay, like this dude cannot move. Um, I don't, I just don't think if we see Kawhi Leonard, I don't think we'll see that version of him. I don't think he'd put himself in that position. So if he's out there, I, I would anticipate him being fairly effective. Now, obviously not a hundred percent, not dominating the way that he dominated, um, you know, in Utah against the jazz against, the, uh, I'm sorry, um, against Dallas, um, you know, historic efficiency, but look, the, the Clippers need shot creators and they need smart players. And, and Kawhi Leonard checks both those boxes for them. Uh, they'll, they'll take whatever they can. I kind of, I, I tend to agree with you about them needing to steal games without Chris on the court. I, I think, um, you know, it felt sort of like they would need to get one or two. Um, but, but we should remember too, that Chris Paul um, hasn't played in, you know, will, will not have played in like a matter of a week. So they'll get a crack at the Suns. I think as, as Chris Paul kind of gets his legs underneath him too, it's not going to be a hundred percent version of either of those guys. It's just with these, with these Clippers and the way these playoffs are gone, it's just, it's so hard to, to count on them. And at the same time, it's so hard to write them off. It's just, it's, they've been like a, just an amazing question mark. Dan, I want to project a little bit into the free agency. You mentioned Kawhi being a free agent at the end of the year. Do you yeah. believe that he will re-sign with the Los Angeles Clippers? I know it's all speculation right now, or do you think he'll go somewhere else? And if so, where would that landing spot be? Well, like the rumored spot has always been Miami, right? But but I think um, I, I think he's resigned. And I, again, I think it, it involves a ton of projection. And, and I wrote something, um, you know, today at the LA Times, kind of about this. We did a, a roundtable discussion, and I had said that, like, with people that I, I think when you don't know a lot about somebody, and we do not know a lot about Kawhi Leonard um, on purpose, you, you have to hold on to the things that you do know, right? And we do know that if it was all about rings for Kawhi Leonard. He would have signed with the Lakers um, two years ago, right? Um, he did play with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. It would have been the three most talented players, three most complete players ever to play together. If that was what he wanted, if that was at the top of his priority list, he would have signed with the Lakers. By all accounts, the Lakers thing was like mostly just a leverage play, right? Like that—that that was not something he wanted to do. He kind of wanted his own culture, his own his own team. Um, the Clippers offered him that two years ago. That hasn't changed a little. And I think over the, these two years, they have provided him with um, the comforts and, and the, um, the freedoms and uh, the influence that he's wanted. And then I think secondarily, um, you know, the Clippers are still in Los Angeles, which was, I think, ultimately the most important thing to Kawhi was geography, being closer to home. Um, you know, in, in two, does two years of that change? I, I, I just, I don't know that his... Uh, his sort of his checklist of the things that he's wanted has altered that much in these two years. And if it hasn't, um, the Clippers are still the, the team that makes the most sense. Oh, and they can give him the most money in the most years if that's what he wants to. So um, I think if anything, this knee injury could silver lining uh, for the Clippers, maybe make Kawhi a little more willing to take uh, a five-year max. Um, you, know, you know, I think I had kind of assumed he would take a shorter term deal, kind of do what LeBron did with the Cavs where you do these short-term deals to, to constantly have pressure on your organization to constantly make them be in win mode, um, you know, or risk losing you. Um, I wonder if the injury changes that, but I still think that all signs kind of point to him staying in LA. 
We're speaking with Dan Wojcik. You can find him on Twitter at Dan Wojcik. That's W-O-I-K-E. Dan, a native of Chicago and covered the L.A. Clippers for the Orange County Register and is now the national NBA writer for the Los Angeles Times. Dan, the betting favorite in this series is that the Suns are going to win in five games. Suns in five is just a little over plus $2. Kawhi, no Kawhi. How do the Clippers slow down Booker and Aiton? Um, it's the, it is the mystery of the series. And I wrote this after game one, that it, it, it's sort of, that is the puzzle that they need to solve, right? Is that you need to, you need to get up on Devin Booker, um, and pressure him. But the more that you pressure Devin, the, the more and higher that you pressure Devin Booker, the more space you create for Deandre Ayton, who is just not missing at all when he touches the ball, right? Like this is a guy who shooting over 70% from the field in the playoffs. Um, is a much better offensive player, I think, than Rudy Gobert. The um, there were a couple possessions in that game um, where they felt like real wins for the Clippers, and, and that was when they would get sort of traditional post-ups to DeAndre, Ayton, um, where he would shoot turnaround jump shots and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, if you can figure out a way to, to funnel the Suns into that, um, th- those are those are negative possessions for Phoenix. Um, I think the Devin Booker thing is it, it, it's, it's just such a test. For the Clippers. Now, I will say um, the Clippers have been down this road twice already in the playoffs uh, with different types of players, but they had to do it with Luka. Um, they had to do it with Donovan Mitchell, and ultimately their adjustments um, won out over the course of these series. They, they've been the team that's adjusted better than anyone else in these playoffs. Uh, so, um, you know, five games, I think, like, do, does, does Ty Lu have sort of the, the right cards, um, you know, to, to, to steal a win or two? I, I, I think so. I, it does sort of have a Suns and Six feel to me. But these, if I've learned anything in these playoffs, guys, is that it's just like what you think you know today, um, you laugh at tomorrow when you look back on it. And that's just been sort of the story of these, this postseason. Things have changed so rapidly. Dan, we got about a minute left. Uh, Milwaukee right now in the driver's seat. You get the Atlanta Hawks, yeah. potentially a decimated team. You, you, I thought you made a great point about Chris Paul being out of the lineup. And then, of course, Kawhi banged up. So, if Milwaukee doesn't win it this year, what happens to that franchise? You know, it, it, it's, they probably bought themselves another year by outlasting the Nets. Um, you know, the logical choice was always, you know, you would replace the coach, right? Yeah. Was sort of like, what else is there left to do? Um, you know what I mean? Like, you have your core moving forward with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo. All three of those players are, are paid. And when they're paid the way that they are, um, you don't have a lot of flexibility, you, you know? And, and I think... I, I, the one thing I, I, I'm very curious to watch in this series is the impact that um, Bogdan Bogdanovich has if, if, if he's healthy. Um, a guy that the Bucks, if everybody remembers, it was a thousand years ago. It feels like this past offseason tried to get via sign and trade, uh, was hit with tampering, and um, he ends up signing a deal in Atlanta. Um, you, you watch them, and, and you there are times when you see Bogdanovich, you're like, boy, boy, this is a guy that the Bucks could have really used. And um, I'm, I'm very curious to see how he, how he swings the season. I think Atlanta is better than people realize that this just isn't luck. But uh, you're right. Milwaukee is the team to beat, in my opinion. Dan, thanks for the time. As always, it's Dan Wojcik, National NBA writer for the Los Angeles Times. Find him on Twitter at Dan Wojcik Sports. Terrific stuff, Dan. All right. Thanks, guys. Be good. Thank you. You too. Great information. I love what he said about Kawhi in terms of injury and him re-signing with the Clips. Down to four and a half. You're going to lay the four and a half in Phoenix tonight? I'm going to lay the money line. $2. It'll be less than that with a four and a half, kid. (laughs) Stay tuned to Visa. Up next, Betting Across America. 
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.